Coming up on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast, we get to talk about a win, a win no one was anticipating. We'll break down uh, where this team is, what we saw from Baylor Romney, and uh, and a little basketball preview of Jake Toulson. All this and more on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm your host. I'm not Dick Carmen. I'm merely Brandon Gurney. With me is Jeff Call and Jay Drew. Fantastic writers. And hey, we get to talk about a, a win, huh? It's <laughs> I'll been bet, a while. I'll bet you guys didn't think we'd get to come in and talk <laughs> about a win. But but yeah, uh, as always, we're brought to you by Mr. Mac. And wow, how, how exciting was that game? I guess one thing that we can determine about Kalani Sataki teams is you never know what's gonna, coming. You absolutely never know what's coming, and I think that's a very interesting dynamic about this team, kind of an unfortunate dynamic in a lot of ways, but also positive. Uh, you wrote a lot about that, Jay. What were you ta- your takeaways, if you could just kind of comment on just the inconsistency of this team and how big a win this Boise State game was for them? Yeah, just predict the unpredictability. If people ask you all the time, predict this, predict that, and just... Under Kalani Sataki, it has just been a wild ride. Just uh, they win games you don't think they have any business winning. They lose games you don't think they have any business losing. And that was more of the same. The other thing, my takeaway was just from the post game news conference, just the passion and the desire that the players have to win and play well for Kalani. Everybody in the program knows that he's at a crossroads with his contract and his future. And you can tell if the players had a vote, it would be 123 to 0 to keep Kalani. They just love the guy. And that's just kind of one of my takeaways from the the, the whole weekend. I wasn't anticipating the emotion Isaiah Kafusi showed when, when you asked him that question. I just thought he was going to give some cursory response, but you could tell he wanted it out there. He wanted his coach to know that he was saying that for him publicly, and, and I thought it was, was a poignant moment. I really did. I, I was struck by the emotion of it, and, and I think it revealed a lot just about how this team feels. Uh, what were your takeaways, Jeff, uh, watching that game? Well, uh, to me, it's kind of like what Jay said a little bit. Um, BYU wanted that game more. They wanted to win that game. I think Boise State, you know, maybe they underestimated BYU based on what had happened. You couldn't blame them for that. But what I saw was a BYU team that was aggressive, was confident, took some risks, and, you know, they, they paid off. And you could tell that their preparation during the week was very, very good. And think of all the guys that are, that are out for this team due to injury. And they're able to have guys come in and step up and take roles. And it was pretty amazing to me um, how these guys were able to bounce back. And, you know, and you look at the, the weather conditions were horrible and things, and but the fans came out and they, they stayed and they cheered. And that third quarter was just remarkable. And we've seen that several times under Kalani where they'll have this, this big quarter where they'll just kind of explode, you know, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. They may not do anything for a while, and all of a sudden they'll put things together for a quarter or whatever, and then uh, that's what we saw. I mean, those those plays to Bushman, those, uh, the trick plays, I guess you could call them, to Bushman were, were huge. Um, just really impressive that these guys were prepared, and uh, they knew they needed to win. They were desperate for a win, and they, they were able to get it. I think what this season's taught me or kind of just reemphasized to me is just how slight the margin of error is for BYU football and for college football in general. Literally three plays. Three plays BYU doesn't execute, and this team hasn't won a game all year, which is just remarkable to think about. But on the flip side, uh, maybe just two or three plays against South Florida and Toledo, and this team's sitting pretty well, and Kalani's secure with his job. It's just amazing how just one or two plays can just flip the whole whole 
course of a season uh, for a team like BYU, and I, I, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a year where there's just been so many specific little things that have just really changed a complete narrative. It, it's really remarkable. Yeah, and, with, with the exception of the Utah and Washington games, I mean, all the rest of the games have been this high wire act, come down to the wire, like you said, one or two plays, one way or another. You know, it's just it's incredible how these games kind of end up like this. They could be anywhere from 0 and 7 to 5 and 2. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or any, yeah. anywhere in between, and they're three and four. And, but, and, and Jay, I got to give props to you. We were on the field toward the end of the, that game, and when BYU was, that they overturned the measurement, determined that they were short. You were all in going for it on fourth down. You said that they've got to kick, that they got to go for it. They can't kick it. They cannot give that ball back to Boise State. I thought you were nuts when you first said it, but you argue your point. Kalani agreed with you, and they, they went for it. How big of a call was that? I, I, I just thought it was remarkable that it was done. And, uh, to execute that how big how big was that for for Kalani I don't think it was an overstatement to say that that was a maybe a job saving call and it could have been a job losing call oh yeah Uh, that was the biggest decision I think in Kalani Sataki's four years at four seasons and worked out well my theory was that Boise State had just gone scored two back-to-back touchdowns and had a two-point conversion with very very little resistance and I think if BYU had given them the ball back, no matter where they were, the 10-yard line, the 5, I think Boise State would have gone down and scored. All the momentum was in their favor. So that's why I said you got to go for it here on fourth down. you just got to keep the ball out of their hands. That was the right call. Um a lot of amazing things happened that that no one was expecting, but but I think maybe front and center of those things was the play of uh, of Baylor Romney, um, which I I thought was remarkable. I thought he looked really poised at the end of that South Florida game, but 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 you never know what to expect a first start and whatnot. What were your takeaways from from Baylor Romney, uh, Jeff? And did you expect that from him? Well, I you know going into it, like you said, you you never know with the first start, but I think. I can't remember the exact stat, but out of the four or five last BYU quarterbacks have started their first game, they've won. And, I mean, who knows the rhyme or reason. Some of it's the opponents some you know, matchups or whatever. But uh, to say that I expected that out of Baylor-Romney, I would not be telling the truth. I mean, I, I thought he would do pretty well because, of, like you said, what we saw at the end of South Florida. He's been in the program a while, so he's he's gotten reps and things like that. But still, I mean, considering that you're out with – out. On the offensive line, you're out several starters. you got other skill position players out. And to be able to perform like that against a pretty good Boise State team was, was remarkable. And I, I think that uh, gives BYU a lot of optimism for moving forward because you've got, you got Zach Wilson, you got Jaron Hall, and now you got Baylor Romney. you got three guys that are pretty proven to this point. Yeah, and Joe Crishlow's no, no right, slouch yeah. either. He's, he's proven to, to be able to go in and win some games as well. Um, I thought Sione Finau was, I, I mean, Baylor's playouts shined him, but I think with Sione Finau, you saw a guy that kind of has that combination that, that BYU's been lacking, kind of that speed and that mobility through the line. It, it seems to me that Soup has that speed, but he doesn't really have those nuances to, to make extra yards, while, while Lapini has those, but he doesn't necessarily have that speed. And I think Sione Finau, what he showed, I I, I think could be a very positive thing moving forward. What, what else impressed you, Jay? I, I mean, it wasn't just Baylor Romney. You had a patchwork offensive line and, and, and some other guys. Uh, what impressed you about what BYU was able to do? 
Yeah, I think a couple things. I have to point out, Tyler Algier went in. Kavika Fanua suffered some sort of like yeah. eye. He had an eye patch over his eye uh, coming off the field uh, after the win. So Tyler Algier goes in there, leads the team in tackles, converted running back, playing linebacker. So I think he was phenomenal. And I'll I'll make a prediction. I think I think he's going to be another Francis Bernard. I think he's got the just the grit and the tackling ability and uh, coming over from the offensive side. I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a mainstay at linebacker. So so I would point out him. One other thing is I was thinking the other day, speaking of the quarterbacks, if Jaron Hall had won that start at South Florida, BYU would literally have four quarterbacks on its roster who have won start, you know, who have a win under their belts. I'll bet you couldn't find another college Seriously. program in the country with that. And I'm obviously speaking of Joel Critchlow being that fourth guy. So those are a few more takeaways I got. So I think this this win in a lot of ways is ironically frustrating for a lot of fans because I think a lot, fans want an absolute determination on what their team is. And I think with this win, the story's not written on BYU. I, I, every, everyone was assuming it was written after South Florida. They're going to lose to Boise State. They're going to lose to Utah State. And 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 the jobs are in jeopardy. But where this team is now, where Kalani is now, is very much open for debate. And I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen from here on out. Jay and I were talking about this right before the, the podcast, predicting what a Kalani Sataki coach team is going to do from week to week. It's foolhardy. <laughs> if you could do it, please let me know so I can sound smart in these podcasts of what I write about, because I don't know anymore. Um, this, this team's emotional. Jay, you gave a really good comparison comparing him to Ron McBride. I think that's pretty much spot on, but how does this fly? I mean, can, can he fly doing this, beating a team and then losing to South Florida? How does he maintain a, a greater level level of consistency? I, I don't know how it's done. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you guys. Uh, Jeff, you want to take a hack at this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't answer that question. I think, uh, you know, every time you kind of think you figured out this team and where they're going, then you're surprised either one way or another. And not to make excuse, we bring this up all the time, but the, the injury stuff, I mean, that really throws a wrench into everything. I mean, it's so that makes things unpredictable right there. When you from week to week, you've got new guys coming yeah. in, starting for the first time, veterans sitting out. I mean, think about uh, just having a guy like Diane Gwanwalaku back, what an impact he made on Saturday. Um, coming back after sitting out that South Florida game, you know, and then you have guys kind of like Jay said, I mean, Tyler Algier, guy that not very many fans know much about or have heard of, and he comes in and does things. It's just, you know, it, it, again, it's just so unpredictable with these guys. We just, we just don't know what to expect. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the explanation is, but I think these guys with this win right now, They've got to figure out, this coaching staff's got to figure out what it is they've done, if they if they even know, and push it forward and uh, make this positive for the rest of the year. Because they've got they've got some games left where, you know, they could end up salvaging this season and make it pretty decent. Yeah, and I think that's the main frustration. <laughs> it's where's this team going? Yeah. Uh, Jay, you have any bright ideas, any, any thoughts, any advice on how to make this thing more consistent? Well, yeah, drawing upon that. Ron McBride analogy, where uh, he was a very emotional coach and he had the ability to motivate his team. And I guess Jeff is asking, what can they do? What can they learn from this? I think the biggest thing they learn is they've got to approach every week like this, whether they're playing a ranked team or a unranked team. And they pretty much mentioned that in the press conference after the game. The players said, hey, from here on out, I think Diane Gunwoloku said it best, we're just going to act like we're playing a ranked team. 
and that has to reflect in their preparation. And they just look like a better prepared team against Boise State than they did the following two weeks against Toledo and, and South Florida. So that would be, I guess, if I were handing out any advice, it was just it's got to start with that preparation and that sense of urgency that has to be there from the very beginning of the week. And I think that's one of the arguments as to why BYU struggled against Toledo and South Florida is that they, for four straight weeks, they were up against these brand name opponents or ranked opponents. And then against Toledo and South Florida just came out kind of flat and things. And so it's it's difficult every week to, to be able to, to match that intensity and stuff. But yeah, Jay, you're right. I mean, they've got to figure out a way to at least bring their A game every week. They, they just can't slack off or be complacent. They just The margin of error is too thin. They just can't do that. I think one takeaway Kalani might take away, uh, just regar- regardless of the players and the strides they make, is just the introspection of the coaches and making individual coaches more accountable. Uh, there were significant changes uh, behind the scenes going on. Kalani will never elaborate on that. He defends his guys, but Grimes being on the field um, – Big thing. Kalani was absolutely more involved with the play calling and and, and all that. Just holding coaches more accountable, I, I think, is something that Kalani could really take away from this. And maybe he needs to get more involved and because it's going to be his job. So anyway, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's always interesting with BYU football. What are they going to do in two weeks against Utah State? Anything could happen, literally. So, so anyway, let's move on to BYU basketball. Jeff, you're going to be filing a story on, on Jake Toulson. What perspective can, can you just add? Or what's the story going to be about? And uh, just tell us about Jake. Yeah, well, Jake, I think, is a really interesting story because he was at BYU. He left, um, went to UVU, made his name at UVU, was the WAC Player of the Year last year, as we know. And then when uh, Mark Pope decided to come uh, to BYU to take the head coaching job, Jake, uh, you know, he, he had interest from, from Duke, from Virginia, a lot of pretty prominent programs. And he decided he wanted to come back to BYU and kind of finish what he started and things like that. There's there's more to the story that I'll have um, when it runs this week. But he's, he's a guy that I think people have kind of, I don't know if overlooks the right word, but with all the other turmoil that's gone on with the program these last few months, I think people have kind of forgotten what a huge uh, addition having Jake Toulson on this on this team is. And so it's been kind of fun to kind of I talked to him at length uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's he's a you know he's a very mature guy. He's a real leader on this team. I think if I could say one thing, the one impact he's made so far on this program is just his leadership. I mean, he's out there. He's like kind of like another coach out there. I mean, he knows the staff. He knows Mark Pope and the rest of the guys. He knows what the expectation is. And so he's a guy that he can demand that from his teammates. And that's kind of what he's brought so far to this program. Jay, with uh, Jake Toulson's specific skill set and what you know of him as a player, what, what does he bring to the team just as far as that goes? I think he brings some mental toughness which they were lacking a little bit last year. Like That's part of the leadership that Jeff was talking about. He can make outside shots, presumably, the WAC player of the year. And last year, outside shooting came and went. I think, not to get off track, but I think Jesse Wade will also add to that is in the same category of mental toughness, having come from Gonzaga, leadership ability, and then also some, an outside shooting. Uh, the reports I've gotten from a couple players is that those two guys are just lights out shooters and uh, that can only help then you got tj haas returning from a minor knee injury and uh, kind of directing the offense and all that so it's it's going to be really interesting season it's uh with all the parts that they're putting together and mark pope's first year so it's going to be fun to watch it's just too bad none of those guys are 
five or six inches taller. <laughs> They're going to be missing some bigs, that, that's for sure. But, but yeah, the other positions look great. So, so anyway, final words. I Okay, well, before we wrap up, Brandon, uh, let's say a few words about Mr. Mac, our sponsor. As many of our listeners probably know, uh, Matt Christensen passed away last week. And uh, so we just want to pay our respects to Mr. Christensen and all that he brought to the community. And not only for his fine business, but his work with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and other aspects of our community. So he will be missed. On a personal level, recently, my daughter got married, went in, was going to buy a suit, the color that she wanted me to get, got two suits. Then I had a little change in my church calling and needed a suit. So turned out for all the better. Totally 100% happy with the service that I got from Mr. Mack. So, so anyway, final words. I This is my least favorite thing because I'm thinking, oh, I need to say something really pro- profound. And I never really know what to say. So I'm going to think about it while I ask Jay for his final thoughts. Well, what do you got for us? The football season is really, it's amazing what a win can do for a program and how it can inject some excitement. I wonder what would have happened if they had lost to Boise State. This would have been the longest two weeks with all kinds of speculation over Kalani's future and what's wrong with this program. And now I think the next two weeks are going to be filled with a little bit of kind of fun controversy, and that is who's going to be the starting quarterback against the Aggies. Is it going to be you go with Baylor Romney after his performance? If Jaron Hall is healthy, does the starter always get his job back? Some coaches are in that camp. Some, you know, are saying, it's what have you done for me lately? So it's going to be kind of fun, and it's going to be a lot more fun to talk about than a coach's future. So what a difference a win makes. Absolutely. What do you got, Jeff? Well, I just I was thinking this morning about how interesting is the placement of Utah State on the schedule. For whatever reason, it seems like from year to year to year, there's always issues with the quarterback when BYU plays Utah State. I mean, we go way back to the that uh, famous or infamous Ben Olsen, Brett Engelman game. And <laughs> I mean, the injuries to Taysom against Utah State there for a couple of years. And I mean, you just go th- year by year. It's just like for whatever reason. And then the, what was it? Uh, two years ago, you had uh, Bohage. Bohage. Coy Detmer Jr. Coy Detmer come in and play <laughs> and injuries and all this stuff. And anyway, here we go. We got Utah State coming up next. And once again, it's like, well, who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be? I mean, I, I would presume it would be Jaron would be the quarterback because I mean he was the backup for the reason for for a reason but we don't know if he's going to be healthy you don't know that so there's a lot of uh, kind of intrigue there and uh and you go up to up to Logan and we've all been up there we know the <laughs> that's a huge game up there in Logan and it should be a fun atmosphere just uh not not that happy that uh, they just announced it's an 8 p.m kickoff but Oh, well, whatever. So we'll be rolling back into town, what, 4 a.m.? Yeah, probably in a snowstorm. I feel bad for the fans. It's going to be so cold. I mean, November evening in Logan. Yeah, that's brutal. (laughs) But my final thought was uh, this Boise State win, everything BYU did has to transfer over to Utah State. You have to get this win. They go up and they lay an egg to Utah State for the third year in a row. Not a lot of what, what's transpired against Boise State is going to matter. I, it's the same thing. You need to change the narrative. I'm I'm so big on narratives and just teams progressing, showing notable improvements. They lay that egg against Utah State, and we're right back to square one with this team. This team's got to continue the momentum, not just be as good as they were against Boise State, but be better because Utah State's going to be more up for this game than Boise State was. You're going to have a bye week to prepare. You have advantages. You, you figured some things out. Run with it. Make a progression. And, and 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 just keep this narrative going that, that you can figure this thing out. You've figured some things out and, and, and just keep going. So I, we'll see if that's done. I mean, history indicates that's not going to happen, but 
you want to go against history. You want to change that. So that would be my final thought on this. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast.